you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano and uh, Fabs, it was, is this another weird week? I feel like this is another kind of weird fantasy. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky looked like Joe Montana, six touchdown passes. Jared Goff, five touchdown passes. It was an insane week for quarterbacks, man. And like, I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers did not have a good game by his standards. Yeah. I'm talking about some of these matchup based quarterbacks like Andy Dalton. My goodness gracious. Some of these quarterbacks are putting up huge numbers, you know. And we may get to it a little bit later on the show, but I just I was looking last night. It's been it has been a quarterback heavy year, like an insane, yeah. insane quarterback year. More, Even Dak had 18 points more than normal. It's been it's just been wild for the quarterbacks uh, behind the glass. As always, it is our loyal and faithful producer, Sir Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? Yeah, just uh, going along with what Fab just said, the NFL is so unpredictable, but yet so fun. You have these quarterbacks just throwing for 400 yards. You have six touchdowns. You have teams you don't expect to win winning. Uh, I, you know, I might hate how my team is playing, but I am, <laughs> I'm definitely a fan of uh, of the league in general this year. It's a lot of fun to yeah. watch. By the way, look at the man wearing that Yankees jersey behind the glass. I love it. Yeah, I, go Yanks. Sorry, Mark. I did see. Uh, I did see on on Twitter uh, on Sunday that that Eddie, you had sort of uh, you're, you're kind of waving the white flag about the Giants. I, I declared <laughs> it's, it's over. I like. I'm just a fan of my fantasy football teams. I'm a fan of the amount of offense in the league. It's fun to watch. Yeah. So I'll just. I'm just a fan of the NFL this year. Yeah, I just thought. I, I thought that was funny. He's just. He just. You know. He's kind of throwing in the towel yeah. <laughs> after watching the Giants uh, on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we got plenty to talk about. We are at the quarter pole, right? And it's funny as I say this because I, I know that when I say this, somebody out there who's a huge horse racing fan is probably going to tweet at me and tell me that I'm saying it wrong because in horse racing, I know the quarter pole is when there's one quarter of the, the race left to go. Mm. Screw you. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's actually the actual term, but nobody uses it that way. Everybody says the quarter pole when you get to one quarter of the season. So that's how I'm going to say it. Uh, it's the quarter pole. We're going to talk about you know, the the if we could do some draft things over again. 
how would we look at some of these players who either have underperformed or overperformed? Would we draft them in the same way? Would we uh, would we do something different? Who are the biggest busts, biggest surprises, all that kind of stuff? Plus, because it is Monday, we'll talk waiver wire as well. Get you some names that you may want to target as you go forward. Uh, we are into the buys. We had buys last week. We have two buys coming up this week. So a lot to talk about there as well. And uh, maybe get some of your tweets as well uh, for Monday morning so you can uh, you know, kind of vent a little bit, because that's what we like to do here. In the meantime, let's do some news. Let's do the news. Rob Gronkowski left the Patriots win on Sunday with an ankle injury. In fact, the latest update is that he is considered day-to-day, which... Uh, a little bit nerve-wracking because the Patriots are on a short week. They play on Thursday this week, so that means it's a, f- a couple less days, a couple fewer days for Gronk to get healthy and be back out there on the field. Um, I mean, this is this is big. I know Gronk hasn't been great since week one. He's just kind of been, you know, meh. Mm-hmm. But it's Gronk, and we're looking for we're looking for tight ends anywhere. So to potentially take one of the biggest chess pieces off the board, mm-hmm. that's a huge deal. Yeah, it is. Uh, Ian Rappaport, though, did tweet that Gronk is day-to-day, and he's told that the injury is, quote, not horrible. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, how bad is the tight end position right now because of all these injuries? And it goes back to the preseason with Hunter Henry getting hurt, or even before the preseason with Hunter Henry. And you know now Gronkowski is a question mark. You lose Tyler Eifert, and prayers out to Tyler Eifert. That was awful. That I hated bad. to see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, even we're we're bemoaning that we lost Will Disley, Marcus. Even Will Disley got hurt. So if you need a tight end this week, you're probably picking up Vance McDonald, or if somebody dropped George Kittle, you can go out and get him. Uh, O.J. Howard's another one who got hurt too. So this is this is a really difficult position to fill right now. And if you have Rob Gronkowski, you have to make sure you pick up a tight end to insure yourself if you don't have that insurance already. Would you pick up Dwayne Allen? Oh, I can't do it. I mean, I just think I feel like on a Thursday, I, I know I'm not going to mess with Dwayne. Right. I mean, you got Julian Edelman back. The good news for Gronk, though, is like when he comes back, if it's Thursday or maybe shortly thereafter, I mean, you're going to get Gordon, who came back last week, you're going to get Edelman. And so defenses can't, you know, focus all of their attention on Gronkowski should open up things for him. Uh, Maybe he is a guy that you buy low on. And and Marcus and I just made a trade uh, last week, which helped neither one of us in the first Uh, week. That that helped Uh, no one. Juju and Gronkowski, but uh, we digress. Yeah, that sort of made me, actually kind of made me feel better because I looked at Gronk's numbers and I'm like, ugh. Yeah, when I saw Juju and I'm like, all right, uh, so I feel okay about that. Uh, That was bad. So it was even in the the sense that nobody... uh, They both sucked. Right, exactly. Um, uh, You mentioned Tyler Eifert. He is done for the year. Had an awful, awful looking injury. If you haven't seen it, I I don't know. Don't watch it. Parental, Parental discretion advised um, if you haven't seen it. Either way, Season is over. Uh, it came after he had a touchdown catch early in that game against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and look, I, I know that you know the the narrative about him has been that he's injury prone. This doesn't. This wasn't one of yeah, those. Dude. This was just bad luck. And he was having a good game too. Yeah, uh, very productive game. He was a guy that I liked a lot going into the week, and we just hope things uh, heal up and, and he's good to go for 2019. Now, I, I know that you know. I think the knee jerk reaction for a lot of people might be to go and try to get. Tyler Croft, but I, let me let me throw in the name CJ Uzama. Uzama? Uzama? I don't know. You're the one CJ, who knows the middle names and the pronunciation. CJ, you know, just 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 type in U Z O and you will find him. <laughs> um I and I say that because 
He's playing a few more snaps uh, than Tyler Croft has. In fact, he was kind of even with snaps with uh, with Tyler Eifert when he was there. Does have a touchdown. Not a lot of targets at this point, but you know his usage rate may go up at this point. So you know it. it it, it's a toss-up. I would say, you know, give Uzama a shot. He's a streamer. You, you don't have to. I wouldn't use a waiver claim on him. I would see if you can just pick him up off the waiver wire, say on Saturday afternoon, in case you're still looking for a tight end. But uh, it's, man, it is bleak out there. It is bad. It really is. And if you drafted Travis Kelsey, you've got to be loving life right now because um, he is clearly the best player at that position, and uh, he's in an offense that is just clicking on all cylinders at this point he's like he might be the only tight end who is performing Zach Ertz has been good the, Zach Ertz has been good but like it's performing in the way that you, that you drafted him and expected him to be I mean yep. it's, it's Kelsey it's Ertz Kyle Rudolph has been pretty good too but, it's uh, it's Yuzama all right Yuzama cool. Yuzama so uh, use him up use him go. up <laughs> go, go to the waiver wire use hardest name I've ever had a pro- uh, to to pronunciate on air though Shea Ejira Tutu. I could oh, not say that name forever. Fresno State's finest. And Eddie's like, who the hell is Shea Ejira? Yeah, man. Wide, wide receiver, played for the Chargers yes. for a couple years. Yes, yes. Okay. So that's, that's harder than Michael Huamanawanui? No, that one, I don't say that one. <laughs> I let Marcus say it. Huamanawanui, yeah, exactly. No, I'm good. Um, Other news, Dalvin Cook admits that he is not 100%, which I guess kudos to him for for saying it. I mean, I think we kind of got that since we saw him on Thursday night and, and was a non-factor. He ended up leaving that game against the Rams. Uh, just the, the production was not there. And so now I think the bigger question is, Going forward, is this is this going to be a lingering, nagging sort of thing where we're not going to see Dalvin Cook at his best the rest of the year? Or, you know, can we hope that maybe with a little bit of rest, we can get him back to 100% because this is not the Dalvin Cook we were hoping. This situation is a suck fest. Ask anyone who's got Leonard Fournette, right? Oh. Hamstring injury and tries to come back. Uh-uh. Dalvin Cook last week tried to come back. Uh-uh. I would prefer... And the Vikings don't care what I think, but I would prefer that they just sit him until he is 100%. Give the boatload of those carries to Latavius Murray and let Dalvin get back to 100%, full strength. Because if you risk this guy getting worse or not getting better by playing him, even if it's on a snap count, you're not doing him any good. You're not doing Murray any good. He can't get into any kind of rhythm. And more importantly, you can't help fantasy owners by doing that because we don't know what the heck to do. And they've got the Eagles this week. And the Eagles defense, guys, I promise you, look at the numbers. They are so much better at home than they are on the road. Um, He is a risk-reward RB2 right now, and and there's more risk than reward as long as he's dealing with this thing. I just wish they'd sit him and get him healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think they got us super excited when he came back uh, and tried to go last week, and obviously that didn't work out. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens uh, going forward. Um... Let's have a moment of silence for Ryan Fitzpatrick, huh? All right, that's enough of that. that was um, enough. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick benched for Jameis Winston as the Bucks lost. They got not just lost, they got rolled uh, by the Chicago Bears. That was embarrassing, just dude. rolled by the Chicago Bears on Sunday. And you know, Fitzpatrick, not great in the first half, threw a pick, uh, completed fifty percent of his passes, couldn't move the offense. I believe the Bucks had just four first downs. Uh, in the entire first half. And though at, at halftime, we saw Fitzpatrick on the bench. Jameis Winston came off the bench. Not that he was a whole lot better. He threw a couple of picks himself. Um, so this is obviously the end for Fitzpatrick as a starter. Unless something happens with an injury with Jameis Winston, uh, I think he is done. 
the question though, the Bucks have a bye this week. They come back in week six. Do you have any confidence in starting Jameis Winston when he comes back? Dude, I'd play him. Why not? I mean, Jameis wasn't terrible last season. You know, people, oh, Jameis Winston, suspension. and uh, He wasn't bad last year. Look at his numbers. Go back and look at the numbers. His numbers weren't bad at all. And, I, I mean, when you have Mike Evans, you've got Deshaun Jackson, who's having a good season, uh, the emergence of Chris Godwin, they have no running game. They have no, they have no running game. And, and Rojo came in, and they didn't do hardly anything. They, they can't run the ball at all. So it matter who it they're going to throw the damn ball, and their defense is just garbage. I mean, Mike Smith, ugh. That's just not good. And so it's sort of like the perfect recipe for a quarterback putting up fantasy points, right? Good weapons in the passing game. You've got Cameron Brait. We mentioned O.J. Howard's going to be out. And your defense is trash. So he could put up some points. And if you need a quarterback, and a lot of people out there could need a quarterback, obviously he's on a bye this week. Hell, I'd pick him up, man, for the long term if you're really hurting at that position. I look at I look at the schedule, and so like after the bye, they've got the Falcons. You're starting great one. You're definitely starting them there. Um, you know the Browns. Yeah, I mean yeah, the Browns got maybe, you know they got, they got Derek Card yesterday. I am. I have a whole whole heap and helping of thoughts on Derek Card in that offense. Can't right wait now. to hear him. But um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about Jameis. I just do. You know, I mean, I know everybody's like, yeah, he was pretty good last year. And I'm going back and I'm looking. And it was it was a roller coaster, man. Like some days he was some weeks he was up. Some weeks he was kind of down. You got to live with still picks on the on the reg. He's a streamer at best for me. But either way. Oh, I'm not saying he's a QB one, but I think he could be very useful. And again, you know, you look at that. You got Atlanta, Cleveland's defense, Cincinnati, Cincinnati's defense. Uh, then you got a couple of bad matchups, Carolina, Washington, then at Giants. Who, who knows? We're not sure about the Giants' defense. They held Drew Brees to next to nothing yesterday. San Francisco's no good. And then you finish there 14, 15, 16. Saints, good matchup. At Baltimore, bad matchup. Dallas in Week 16. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a deep position, it though. It is a deep it's position. It's a deep position. So I still say Jameis is worth an ad if you need a quarterback. Yeah, uh, I, I would think uh, you know a lot of people are going to go. Certainly Fitzpatrick is going to be on everyone's waiver wire uh, You know, if he wasn't already. And now the, the question is, there, will there be a stampede for Jameis Winston, who is owned in just about 35% of NFL.com leagues? So uh, we'll see you there. Uh, finally, a couple of key guys coming back from suspension. Hallelujah. And I know waiting. you have Mark Ingram in one of your leagues. You have been waiting for this for a while. Mark Ingram, Julian Edelman back. Um, would you play one, either, both, none of those guys this week? I'm playing Ingram. I mean, especially you only have two teams on a bye, but dude, running back right now is tough with all the backfield committees. I, I still say, I mean, at worst, he's a flex starter, right? I mean, at worst, unless we hear that he's going to come back and he's going to see uh, limited backfield rotation. But I, I really think he's going to be just fine. And Edelman, you know, depending on what happens with Gronkowski, I say he could be in the flex the flex market there as a, as a PPR option as well, too. It's not like Edelman and Tom Brady need to work on their rapport because they certainly have it. So... Uh, and against the Colts, whose defense is not great, Edelman's worth a play. Well, see, I, here's the thing. The Colts, I think they, they, they did get lit up by, by Tennessee last week. They had been decent before that. Um, the thing that they're, they're – one thing that worries me about both these guys, because being on suspension means you can't be around the team at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about them learning the playbook or anything like that. Both those guys are going to be fine. But I do wonder about – just them being up to game speed in you know right away, especially for Edelman having a short week to work on. That worries me a little bit. The thing that worries me about Mark Ingram is 
Washington's defense has been pretty good against the run so far this year. Um, you know, they, they had their bye, so they obviously didn't play, but they're giving up less than 100 rushing yards per game. Um, and that's a team in the Saints that, for the most part, you know, yesterday kind of aside, hasn't run the ball particularly well. So. Yeah, I, I will say this, though. That, so they played the Cardinals, and David Johnson just didn't get the ball. They played the Colts, and they don't have a running back right now. I mean, True. they have Naheem Hines, who's catching the ball. And then Green Bay. And that was before Aaron Jones. So I think maybe that is a little bit deceptive. So, uh, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I, I know, this, I know everyone. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to start marking them anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> a, a, everyone out there who's got Alvin uh, Kamara, they're not worried. I can promise you that. That no. kid is just electric. And you know what? I mean, we, we can potentially get into this uh, a little bit later. I mean, dude has been worth Every bit of a top Absolutely. two or three pick, if not more, so far this season. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we can, can, I'd be curious to see the news as it goes along this week, especially to see if Edelman, how he's working back in and, and what the expectations are for him. I mean, remember Josh Gordon came and, and made his Patriots debut last week and was fine. Um, nothing, nothing earth shattering, despite yeah. the uh, the proclamations of one Akbar Bajabiamila, who said he was going to have like a hundred. Oh wait, we got to go back and look at some of the like ridiculousness that, that Akbar I'm, was uh, spewing on Sunday. I am, uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain that uh, Josh Gordon did not have anywhere near 180 <laughs> yards. <laughs> and he compared him to Randy Moss. I feel like I would. I love you, Akbar, but sometimes you are outside of your ever loving uh, mind. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little bit out of control. In the meantime, that's pretty much uh, all the news you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. Let me tell you a little bit about Robinhood. It is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. Plus, with a simple and intuitive design that presents data in an easy-to-digest way, it's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. All it takes is four taps on your smartphone to place a trade. You can even get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood's giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. All you got to do, sign up at live.robinhood.com. That is live.robinhood.com. Joined now on the phone by Sean Barber, 10-year NFL veteran linebacker with stops in Washington, Philly, Kansas City, and Houston, and uh, participating in the 5th Annual Legends Community Fantasy League. So, uh, Sean, appreciate the time. How are you? Man, no doubt, no doubt. Call me on a week where I'm a little bit down. I fell two spots. You know, I'm really, I'm, in, I'm into this fantasy thing, so I'm a little bit hooked. All right, well, first, I mean, let's just start with the basics. I mean, for, for those who don't know, can you explain what is the Legends Community League and, and how did you get involved with it? Man, the Legends, the Legends Fantasy League was something that uh, they reached out to NFL Legends. I'm asking any former players if they wanted to sign up and be a part of a fantasy league. Um, and you could just sign up. You could call the NFL PA and they got you, uh, got our team signed up. And then it was, I don't know how many guys, it seemed like it was over 200 or 300 guys all wanted to be a part of this. So they kind of did an open, open call as far as drafting. You just, logged on, put your name on one of the draft boards, and they kind of uh, randomly put us in different groups. So uh, I got put in a group with, I think, a bunch of ringers. Uh, they <laughs> they kind of take me out back uh, and give me the best friend for my money right now. But I think I, I, got, I got some things under the sleeve to find a way to come out as a champion when it's all said and done. Hey, Sean, so you and I did a fantasy show years ago together. Um, have you been playing fantasy football 
for a long time? And, and if the answer is yes, did you play when you were an active player? Oh, man, the answer is yes on all the Oh, uh, oh okay. Um, I think my first year of fantasy was actually 2002. Mm-hmm. Yes, the 2002 year. Um, I would go to the Eagles, and I'm actually doing a fantasy with uh, some guys back from the D.C. and Richmond area, mm-hmm. guys I grew up with. And that was my first year of doing fantasy. Uh, I won the league that year, and I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> Well, let's look at your roster here, because like, so I, I like to do a thing. I call it, you know, Monday moaning, where you, you kind of complain. You can get to complain about some of the mistakes you made with your roster. Um, you started Ryan Tannehill over over Andy Dalton. The, you know, just we all make mistakes. Walk us through that process when you were making that decision. Well, okay, so looking at Ryan Tannehill and the Miami Dolphins, um, I like what Adam Gase is doing there. The up tempo. You're getting so many offensive plays run per game. Um, and then the, the lack of a running game, and they were just overboard with their receivers. They were just um, constantly putting up, you know, 200, 300, you know, three touchdown games. And then I had the Red Rockets sitting there, and I'm like, man, I don't know uh, Andy Dalton going against Atlanta um, defense. I know I knew it was going to be kind of a high-scoring game, but I thought that the uh, – I saw this, you know, I had Giovanni Bernard already on my team, so I'm like – I'm going to get points through through him, which he, he came through in a big way with two touchdowns. I just didn't see Andy Dalton putting up three touchdowns, 337 yards. Um, so I made the wrong start when it comes to the poor, poor performance by Ryan Tannehill. 100 yards, one interception, gives me one lost fumble for a total of zero points. Yeah, Sean, you, you obviously didn't read my column last week. Come on, man. I'm trying to help you out here. I'm just kidding. So, Kareem Hunt, okay, um, has not started off great. Yardage has not been there. He's getting into the end zone. Do you feel like he's going to get back to what he was as a rookie, or is this kind of what we're going to see from Kareem Hunt the rest of the season? Man, when I drafted Kareem in this league, I think I went with one of those things. Where he was drafted so high in my league. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a must start no matter what the matchup is. Um, and I just have to rely on him um, putting, putting, putting together a, a good ground game versus the Broncos' defense. Um, I know the Broncos' defense is uh, quick off the ball. They got Chubb. They got Von Miller. They got guys that get after the passer. I'm hoping that Andy Reid creates a, a little bit of spread rushing-type game, uh, kind of like what, what I saw the Saints do with Kamara the other night and maybe lead to three rushing scores to keep Patty Mahomes off the field because I'm going against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Uh, you, speaking of running backs, I mean, you've got Kenyon Drake, and he was a guy I was sort of torn over, and, and I, I always joke that Frank Gore is going to live forever. Um, at this point, are, are you worried that Frank Gore is going to live forever and keep keep taking away from Kenyon Drake? Yeah, I've seen it week in and week out. Um, obviously, Kenyon Drake's on my bench. I got him, uh, Matt Breida. Uh, I can't wait for Mark Ingram to be lifted from his suspension. I mean, that's my... Uh, that's that, that's that's my the one in the holster I've been holding on for the first four weeks, trying to get through the first four weeks so I can start him week five, um, find a place on my on my on my team for him to get in there and get involved with the way you see the Saints running the ball. I can only imagine Mark Ingram getting those handoffs, some of those touchdowns away from Kamara. I'm so excited about that. So uh, I think my my team overall, the rushing, the, you know, the running back pool looks great. Um, uh, man, we talked about missed opportunities. I had Cooper Cup on the bench with 28 points. That's the that's my most miserable uh, feeling of today <laughs> on the bench. 
Um, everything else I could live with, but the, the, the Cooper Cup and then the uh, Tannehill over Dalton, those are two things I might have to uh, be kicking myself in the butt about uh, come Tuesday morning. Yeah, trust me. We We've all been there. Continually kick We've ourselves all in the been butt there. for decisions that we make every single week. So uh, talk about Brian Dawkins' men's events all out or all in on October 4th. Man, I, I'm so honored and blessed to be a part of that. Uh, me and Brian obviously played together the Eagles for a few seasons, two seasons to be exact. Um, and in that time, man, we created a bridge, uh, kind of a fellowship amongst um, two guys that are definitely uh, just have a passion of the Lord, passion to see men uh, maximize their lives in every role, whether it's husbands, uh, fathers, coaches, teachers, whatever role you see yourself as um, as a man in this, uh, you know, in, in society today, just finding a way to maximize it through and through the things of, of having good character, uh, good integrity, um, being able to fall back on your instincts as a man and, 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 and be more than what you see other, uh, when you see other guys fall into uh, depression, pornography, and you know these, these other insecurity things the guys are going through. Uh, we just kind of felt there was a need, uh, once he stepped away from the NFL, uh, to put together a platform. And this conference is the first of many. There's going to be a platform for men to sit down and listen to us t- have testimony about things we struggle with throughout our lives um, as players and as husbands and as fathers uh, and then try to give these guys some encouragement and some structure of how to like uh, put these uh, put these things back together in their lives and be better men. Hey, well, Sean, appreciate the work you guys are doing in the community. Uh, look forward to, to kind of continuing to, to follow this and all the work that you and Brian Dawkins and everybody's doing. And uh, appreciate the time. Best of luck the rest of the season in fantasy. Hopefully we can, we can talk to you later and, and you have pulled this out and figured out a way to win a championship. Oh, I'm looking forward to making a run. Like I said, when Mark Ingram comes back, I'm looking forward to making a run. 4-0 <laughs> second, half, second, uh, second quarter of my season. Uh, getting to the top of my division and being ready to roll from that point. Hey, cool. Appreciate it. Hey, Thanks, take care, Sean. Sean. Good talking to you. All right. Appreciate it, Fab. See ya. When you spend an entire day or week cooking something, you want it to turn out really awesome, right? I mean, make sure whatever you're cooking comes out perfect with Jewel sous vide. Jewel who heats food to the right exact temperature and holds it there. Beef, poultry, pork, seafood, veggies, dessert. I mean, practically everything comes out exactly the way you like it every time. And with Jewel, it's fun and easy to try cooking new recipes or cuts of meat at home because there's zero guesswork and food is never under or overcooked. And it's easy to cook for a crowd. If it fits in a large cooler, you can cook it with Jewel. Jewel makes a great companion to your grill or smoker because it separates the cooking step from the finishing step so meats come out perfectly tender and juicy on the inside and get that charred crispy bark on the outside. I've been using it at home. I've made some chicken. I made some vegetables. I talked with our pal Mark Iztook. I know he is a big fan of it. He has been raving about the steaks that he has made so that might have to be my next challenge there. Where's mine? Uh, Where's mine, Eddie? uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 there. Sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's that delicious. Sounds so good. Uh, to get yours, visit chefsteps.com/jewel and use code fancy to get fifteen dollars off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com/j-o-u-l-e code fantasy jewel. Perfect food every time. Thanks again to Sean Barber for uh, dropping by to talk a little bit about his fantasy team and the uh, charity work he is doing along with Brian Dawkins. Uh, wish him continued success with that and uh, with the fantasy team as well. It's good to know, though, that even the former former players still make some of these same you know, mistakes with fantasy. We all we do, do right? man. We're all looking at the same numbers. I mean, you know, who, you know, Jordan Howard was a perfect example. It's almost like trying to predict a human endeavor is difficult. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. And people don't understand that at all. 
on Twitter. Uh, I think they do. I think they just like to vent at us, and we are we are the focus of their rage mm-hmm. sometimes. But, uh, you know, hey, sometimes you got to look at yourself in the mirror, okay? That's right. You're the one who hits submit on that roster. Um, all right, so here we are. We are... By the time tonight ends, we will be four weeks through the season. So most everyone will have played four games. Their quarter of their season will be done. So that seems like a good time to kind of look back at the draft and, and you know, how things went in your respective drafts and, and you know, maybe tweak your schedule, your, your strategy a little bit. Think of some different things. Think of how you would do it over uh, if you had a chance to do it over. So let's just start at the top. I mean, when we were back in the summer, we were talking about four guys that could possibly be the number one overall pick. I mean, at the time, it was in no particular order, you know, Lev Bell, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson. Mm-hmm. I would say that at this point in the season, that list might be down to three. And I think uh, only one of those four guys would be in there. I'll say this, you know, I'll say four. I'll, I'll put it back at four. And with two of those guys in that list. So if you were drafting today, uh, let's go Todd Gurley, say Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon. Who would you take number one? Uh, for me, it would be Gurley. And uh, Kamara would be a very close two. Uh, you know, as great as he is, Mark Ingram's coming back. I mean, he's going to see some touches out of that backfield. Uh, you know, Kamara's been very successful as a pass catcher, too. Two weeks ago, had 20 targets. But I want to talk about Lev Bell. Okay. Okay. So in our experts league, I drafted Lev Bell. I think I was like fourth or fifth overall. Um, and uh, news hadn't really broke that there could be a potential long layoff here for him. And um, yeah, I won my first game. I've lost the last three. And <laughs> I can promise you right now, James Conner just is not Le'Veon Bell. And after last night, we saw what the Steelers offense did or didn't do. Ben Roethlisberger looked terrible. He looked terrible. Even at home, he looked terrible. Yep. And you know, I'm sitting there on my couch. I'm thinking to myself... James Conner ain't Le'Veon Bell. The, the, and, and, you know, I got, I got wrapped into it, too. The first week, he was ridiculous, you know, 135 yards rushing, 34 fantasy points. And then every week, Marcus's fantasy points have dropped and dropped and dropped. And I get it. Yesterday was a big part of it was game script because the Ravens were winning. The Steelers were being on the run. But the Ravens, hell, even, even in game script games uh, that are negative for Le'Veon Bell, he's still putting up big numbers. So I sent a tweet out, and, and I said, I miss at Le'Veon Bell, and I had, like, the Deadpool where he does, like, the little heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Lev liked that tweet. Um, I, I miss the hell out of Le'Veon Bell right now. I've got him in three leagues. Steelers fans, Dave Damashek's got to be missing Le'Veon Bell because the offense, I'm not saying it's falling apart, but it, it is not nearly as good as it was when Bell was the guy there. And here's the bad news, though. I mean, with what happened to Earl Thomas, and that stunk, man. I was so upset that, yep. that Earl got hurt. That's that's sort of adding fuel to the fire for Le'Veon Bell to he's keep not holding back. out. Marcus, he's not coming back, right? Not, not soon. He's not coming back before week ten. And, and you know, I came in here. I'm thinking maybe I should do some sort of just you know really impassioned, emotional plea to Le'Veon to come back. <clears throat> but after what happened to Earl, I don't think I'm going to do that because it would be selfish of me to want Le'Veon Bell to come back without getting the money that he so rightly deserves, just to help me on a fantasy football team. With that being said. I really do believe, and I've said this for weeks now, that unless Le'Veon Bell gets traded, he's not coming back. He's not coming back until he needs to. And Week 10, pretty much. At that point, who knows what's happening with James Conner? Who knows what's happening with the offense there? Who knows what's happening with the Steelers? They're, they're going in the wrong direction right now. But, you know, Le'Veon Bell is, is sort of, he's proving his point 
you know, with what happened to Earl and what's happening with the Steelers offense. And James Conner's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, very inspirational story. He's not Le'Veon Bell. And so if you drafted Le'Veon Bell in the first round like me, you can't replace him. You just can't. And James Conner's have been good, but he hasn't been great. And his look, look at his yards per carry average the last few weeks. It's not been good at all. You just can't replace him. So at this point, and, and I've talked about this and we've talked about this, about making trades for Le'Veon Bell. Should you try to trade him? Should you trade for him? At this point, if you have him, unless you're willing to give up nothing, you know, it, he, you can't trade him. You can't trade him because the man is not coming back. He, uh, to me, he's not coming back unless he gets traded. Now, one thing that I would love to see is, and, and because the Colts have done this this sort of thing before, you know, trade for that big name running back, Trent Richardson. <laughs> Didn't really work out for them at that point. I remember I was excited when that deal happened. Oh, I'm like, man. oh my gosh. I remember. Trent Richardson. I remember getting, I think I wrote actually for NFL.com. I think I said that they yeah. were going to be kind of the new triplets with, I figured Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, and, yeah, and Trent Richardson. It was going to be the new, you know, Peyton Manning, yep. Marvin Harrison, uh, yep. Edron James situation. I was wrong. See, now, uh, Jim Mercer, if you're listening to me, and I know you're following me on Twitter, you're probably not listening, but whatever. <laughs> Go and make the move, man. I mean, I, I get it. The problem is you can't sign him to a long term deal. But imagine Le'Veon Bell in Indianapolis. My goodness gracious. The, the mouth just starts to salivate over the stats that he could put up in that offense. Look at what Naheem Hines is doing as a pass catcher in that offense. And if that ever happened, goodness gracious, everything would be forgiven. Le'Veon Bell would return to being uh, the elite fantasy running back that he is. Now, with this being said, James Conner is not a must start anymore. I mean, he's getting touches. He's probably an RB2. He's not an RB1 anymore. Uh, good matchup this week against Atlanta, so we can see what happens there. But... Like, we can't kid ourselves. James Conner is not Le'Veon Bell. And until we get Bell back in that offense, number one, the fantasy fans who drafted him in the first round are going to continue to suffer. Number two, the Steelers' offense is going to continue to suffer. And, I mean, Antonio Brown hasn't been what we were hoping for when we drafted him in the first round. I'm not saying it's because of Le'Veon Bell, but there's just something not clicking there with that Steelers' offense. It's been very inconsistent. When Ben Roethlisberger plays as badly as he played last night at home uh, in a divisional game. I mean, the offense just, there, there's there's issues there right now. So if Lev is listening, and I guarantee you, <laughs> Jim Mercer is not listening either, but I'm still going to say it. Lev, we miss you. I miss watching you play football, even if I didn't have you on my fantasy football team. I loved watching you. I hope you get back soon, man. And if you don't wear... The old black and gold, or is it the black and yellow? What do they call it? Black and gold or black, black and yellow? And gold. It's not gold, it's yellow. But anyways, whatever color uniform Le'Veon Bell is wearing, <laughs> maybe it's a Colts jersey. We'll, hope, just not the Jets. The Jets stink. Just not the Jets. Uh, we will all be waiting for you, my man, because fantasy fans and Steelers fans alike uh, are certainly missing your production. Man, look, I, you might not be willing to say that, that Antonio Brown struggles have, have a lot to do. I, I think it does. I think it does. I think it's all yeah, it's all part and parcel. I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think just not having that actual that other threat there that you don't know what what's going to happen, that that guy that you have to pay attention to. Um, I think that opens things up in that offense. And, and look, I, I don't know anything. Obviously, I'm not in that locker room, but I just have a sneaking suspicion that some of Antonio Brown's frustration this season uh, has less to do with what's happening you know, in the huddle and on the field, and maybe, and this is my own speculation, in the front office, because you know he understands that without Lev Bell there, it's going to be hard for him to get his, it's going to be hard for this offense to move, but 
this is life now. This is your life now. And if if you drafted Le'Veon Bell, you are sort of stuck because if I'm in your league and you're trying to you know, hang him out there in a trade, I'm not going to take him. Uh, or at least I'm not going to give you much for him. I know. Yeah. Here, uh, take TJ Yeldon. Right. <laughs> I know. I mean, I legit am going to try to lowball you. And, you know, maybe if I can stash Lev on my on my roster somewhere and, and hold on until he comes back. But uh, I'm not going to give you anything of, of real value to yep. try to get Levy. Yeah. And, and back to the, the initial conversation. So right now, if you're looking at sort of how the first round should sort of break down, it's still a lot of running backs, Mario. So I mean, it's still it's still Alvin, it's still Gurley, it's Melvin Gordon, who I think Money Smith got in the second round in our draft. I mean, a lot of people right before me that was a steal. He was kind of a fringe, you know, back into the first. And I don't round, get why, man, because he's so, he's been so good the last couple of years. Well, for some reason, just don't believe in him. But I think it's well, it's just more that he's not efficient, and it, it's because he get. Yeah, you know, I think the the fear was what happens if he doesn't get the same number of, of touches, but he's getting the same number yeah. of touches. Yep. Um. So that that still makes him. I mean, yep. Him great. Michael Thomas is a first round pick. Um. Saquon Barkley still a first round pick. Adam Thielen ended the first round pick, right? I, well, yeah. I mean, Thielen was what like a late he's, second. He's been tremendous, second or third rounder. Yeah. So I mean, we're, we're learning more, and, and it's ridiculous too. Right now, I'm looking at our uh, our numbers here. On NFL.com, flex starters, all of the players, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. You've got Gurley at two, then you've got Cooper Cup, and then Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods all in the top 21. Mm-hmm. This is among all players that aren't quarterbacks, kickers, and defenses. Like, that's that's just saying something, man. And if Jared Goff, he better be owned in your league because if he's not, you're not playing in a good league. But this guy, if he hasn't been in your starting lineup, you got to consider him. And even if you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, Aaron Rodgers is not a guy who's a quote-unquote must-start. I talked about that with Patrick Mahomes all week. If you have Mahomes, uh, if you have Matt Ryan, hey, Jared Goff, this dude's balling, man. This guy is balling. His numbers have been incredible, and he is he's not a system quarterback. He's a talented guy who's really gained a lot of confidence in McVay's offense, and he's got three tremendous weapons in the passing game, and he's got Todd Gurley behind him. Sometimes, as Yoda would tell us, you must unlearn what you have learned. And sometimes trying to put Jared Goff in your lineup over a guy like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers just feels odd. Don't be afraid to do it, man. Do not be afraid to do it, especially in what we've seen this year. Quarterbacks, man. I, I mean, the the position has got a lot of supply and not a lot of demand, and it, it's it's coming down to the point where if you've got a quarterback who maybe isn't a big name, he's not Drew Brees, uh, he's not Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't matter. You can start quarterbacks over these guys. Look at Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles, the one week that everyone was on him, he stunk, which was last week. <laughs> and then everybody kind of faded him, right? Like, eh, okay, he didn't have a good game last week. I'm going to back off of Blake Bortles. And guess what Blake Bortles does? Has another 20-point effort. And oh, by the way, if uh, if memory serves me right, he plays the Chiefs next week. Uh, He does. He's on the road at Kansas mm-hmm. City next week. So that's going to be an interesting one. But, yep. I, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, looked, I was looking at quarterbacks uh, last night. And the one thing I noticed, first of all, Every week so far, there has been at least one quarterback that has put up a five-touchdown game. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick had the four passes in the one run yep. in week one. Yep, good point. Um, you know, week two, you had Patrick Mahomes throwing for uh, for six. Mm-hmm. In week three, you have Ryan, Ryan who threw for five. Drew Brees uh, threw three and ran for two more. Uh, and then, you know, this past week, Trubisky with the six, Jared Goff with the five, uh, Derek Carr, well, he had four. I mean, you know, it, every week there's one one quarterback who, who has put up five or more touchdowns. Um, I don't know. I feel like that has less to do with some of these quarterbacks and more to do with the fact that defenses just are they're just so they're, they're, they're so handicapped. I, I mean, know. they're just they're handcuffed that they can't do anything. So how, how's this, Marcus? So right now we're, we're talking Mahomes hasn't played uh, tonight yet, but he's got 13 touchdowns. You got Rivers at 11, Goff at 11, Andy Dalton at 11, Fitzpatrick at 11, Cousins at 10, Ryan at 10. So right now the guys that are 11 or more are on pace for 44 touchdowns. Okay, so and if you put Mahomes in there, you've got five guys on pace for 44 touchdowns plus. And then you've got Matt Ryan, who's got 10. Brady's got nine. Andrew Luck's got nine. These guys on pace for 30 plus touchdown passes. It's insane. It, it is insane. insane. And, and part of it, I think, has to do with the rules for the defense, because I can't. You know, if I'm a defender, what do you, what can you I can't do? even hug a guy. You like can't. Mayfield got hugged by a defender yesterday. He got hugged. You can't hit a all the guy. He he could have kissed him, and he still got thrown a flag. That was ridiculous. You can't hit a quarterback. No. You can't touch a wide receiver. Um, I mean, there's just there's there's you can't play defense in this league. And I know you know, part of it is because fans like points, fans like offense. You know, certainly you want to protect the quarterbacks because they are the marquee players here. But it, it just, yeah, man. <laughs> it's just it but don't really you miss skewed. like those old like the old school defensive battles like you know NFC not, North you got Bears and Vikings it's like you know 10 to 7 and I'm not the battle in the track I missed some of those games I like the points but I mean the, the offense can't have this big of an opportunity right. and advantage over the defense which I is just, not fair right like I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I love you know like 13 12 games all the time like some of them are some of them can be entertaining but at some point you want the defense to be able to kind of push back and not you want it to be the, the, the defense gets some wins and not that the the offense is always taking L. guys are afraid to hit dudes so like and I'm not saying you got to drill them but like they're afraid to even hit them right for fear of getting a penalty I, I, maybe that's why Matt Ryan and Drew Brees have, have each had a game where they've rushed for two touchdowns because defenders oh it's a quarterback I can't touch you him. can't touch him I mean you just you just can't um so now looking at some guys who were first round picks or fringe first round picks um, would any of these guys still be first round? If we were drafting right now, would you still take these guys in the first round? And I, and I ask it because it's more of a thought of not only what they've done so far, but your confidence level that maybe they can turn things around mm-hmm. and, and maybe make up that value. So uh, it just hurts me to ask this one. But David Johnson, I mean, I know, like, would he still be? I mean, certainly I think he's completely out of the conversation for that number one overall pick. I think yeah. that part is yep. dead. But do you still think that he would be worthy that they can turn things around enough that he'd be worthy of being maybe a back half of the first round? I mean, I like what I saw yesterday more, more than I had when Sam Radford was the quarterback. So, but I, I'd probably, I'd probably go late first, early second on him. It, a crazy stat. Like just looking at the numbers in PPR leagues, he's got the same number of fantasy points as Austin Eckler. Who's balled out, by the way. But yes. I know, I mean, but I mean, but like, you're not you know. David, David Johnson and Austin Eckler weren't supposed to be mentioned in the same sense. TJ Yeldon has more fantasy points right now than TJ. Uh, you know, that, as, a side, as an aside, I've had to kind of come around on TJ Yeldon because I was not a TJ Yeldon I'm not a big fan, fan either. Uh, my, my problem with TJ Yeldon was that he just fell down a lot. And 
I mean, seriously, like his first couple years in the league, like I would watch him get the ball in space and he would just fall down. And I like running backs that don't just fall down of their own accord. Like I want them to have to be tackled. And he just, he, I don't know, he just had bad balance. I don't know if he's doing yoga now, if he's learned how to, you mm. know, paddleboard or something. It seems like his balance is better. He's not falling down all the time and he's, he's productive. So, Dude, if Fournette, um, if Fournette is out next week and he got yelled in against Kansas City, Giddy up. I don't even know what to tell people about Leonard Fournette, man. Like you're, you're just, you're in a world of hurt. Yeah. Yep. Um, mentioned Antonio Brown. Uh, he has not, he has not been really Antonio Brownish. He had a really nice touchdown catch on Sunday against Baltimore, but it was a otherwise fairly average day, especially by Antonio Brown standards. Uh, he was the consensus number one wide receiver off the board. Uh, but would you still make him a first round pick at this point? I would. You know, I don't like to take wide receivers in the first round. So for me, uh, that's sort of a stretch to say it. He, he was in my top five in the preseason, and I still think there's plenty of time for him to turn it around. Hasn't been a great start. But again, I mean, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell and how his absence is, is sort of affecting the Steelers offense. And it's not been good. But you, you look at and again, we're we're only through, you know, a handful of weeks here. So you can't go crazy just yet. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, Robert Woods, both have more fantasy points than Antonio Brown. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is the greatest. I mean, Calvin Ridley has got more fantasy points than Antonio Brown. Juju has more fantasy points than Antonio Brown. Cooper Cup has more fantasy. You you get the picture. It's been a slow start to the season. But I still say, based on his resume and the fact that every year, year in and year out, I mean, this guy is right near the top, if not at the top at that wide receiver position. I'd still say he's worth a first-round pick. Well, next week they host the Falcons, so. You would think that, and again, Roethlisberger, the the, the home road narrative is kind of going uh, backwards the last couple of weeks. Um, but that's just two weeks. Are, are you still afraid to play Ben Roethlisberger despite that sideways uh, turn the last couple of weeks well, against not Atlanta against, not at against, home? I mean, no. it's more about. Yeah, matchup. It's more about right. the Falcons right. than the fact of where that game's being played. So, yeah. uh, all right. So then, uh, Kareem Hunt, who last year was everybody's favorite rookie running back, uh, he's been an afterthought in an otherwise high-powered offense. Uh, he was kind of a late first round, early second round guy. I-, I can't imagine you're at this point spending more than what third, fourth round. Not even that much on him at this point. Right? Yeah, he definitely ain't going in the first round, and second round is. It's sort of sketchy at best at this point. But his saving grace has been that he's actually gotten into the end zone three times. Yep. But, I mean, look at his yardage. 168 rushing yards. That's it. I mean, if memory serves me correctly, he had like 140-something in the first game last year. I think it was against New England. So those opportunities, those yardage, uh, those yardage totals leave a lot to be desired. I mean, and the biggest thing is they're not throwing him the ball. Nope. I mean, last year. He has one catch. He has three targets all year long. Last year, he was getting about four targets per game. Um, This year, it's one per game, one in each game. It's almost like just a cursory, like, here, here's here's one. What's the big difference? Well, I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. He's not not checking down. Exactly. Going down the field. Yep. Um, But, yeah, you know, he's actually had some decent, you know, fairly decent rushing yardage numbers. I mean, he had 75 yards in, in week two against Pittsburgh. Um. But other than that, he's he's Lamar Miller. <laughs> oh man! I mean, really? Look at I mean the way he's performed. He's he's kind of Lamar Miller. Insult right the poor guy like that. Uh, I mean, look, facts is facts. Yeah, dude. Uh, so there's I just 
I said third or fourth round. I mean, maybe now that I'm looking now at Marcus it, kind of, is like hell. I mean, he may be a you know maybe top fifty. Yeah, I mean that we'll see. It just it has not worked out for Kareem. Hunt. Isn't fantasy football a fickle beast? It is a fickle, mm-hmm. fickle beast. All right, so on the flip side now, some of these guys that uh, you know have played well, even. Even if we had high expectations, some of these guys who have exceeded some of these expectations and, and where you would draft. And I mentioned we talked a little bit about Melvin Gordon. I mean, he was a guy who was back half of the first round, you know, in, on fantasy pros. Uh, their kind of consensus ADP had him at like number eight overall. He would be I mean, he's a legitimate maybe not number one, but he's a top three pick now all of a sudden. Yeah. The, the, I mean, and, and the what he's really doing and he's always been a good pass catcher. He's had 24 catches already. Right. You know, I mean, average six catches a game as a running back, that's pretty good. And and Phillip Rivers has all the faith in him in the world as, as both a runner and a pass catcher, and the Chargers are always going to score points. And another thing that we didn't see coming with the Chargers that has sort of come to fruition, the defense is not that good. Defense is not good. So, so again, you're in a situation where Melvin Gordon's going to see a lot of opportunities to score because, well, that offense is going to potentially need to catch up in games uh, moving forward. Uh Next one up, Adrian Peterson, who I know you and I were both kind of like, ah, stay away. Uh, well, no, he is dealing with the ankle now. He is dealing with it. He's, like, so he's, uh, uh, he's so, kind of day-to-day, I believe, right now. Is the, yep. the early reports that you know, Washington had a bye last week. They are back in action this week, but he is sort of day-to-day with that ankle. So we'll see what happens there, which could certainly, you know, limit. Although, you know what, I feel like we saw this, too, in his last couple of years, too, where he, he spends all week sort of like hobbling around in practice, and then he goes out and he'll get, you know, 25 carries and then put up a decent stat line. But this is a guy who, you know, obviously the start of of the preseason wasn't really on anybody's radars, nope. gets signed after the Darius Geis injury and kind of worked his way up. So by the time we got to the regular season kicking off, he had become like a 10th round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, at this point, he'd be drafted higher. But I'm right. still waiting for the wheels to fall off. I don't know. Maybe I know, me too. I actually I am. I, I mean, I don't want to be a hater, but I'm a, right. I mean, I don't I'm either. A hater. I mean, he's one of the greatest running backs of our generation, but fantasy or otherwise. But another thing too that you have to worry about is uh, I think they play on Monday night. So if we don't get some positive reports towards the end of the week, then you may be thinking, oh, okay, can I play him? Do I do I have to sit him because it's a Monday night game? But I mean, dude, he's been better than advertised. But I've been saying it, and I don't care. I'm still saying it. I'd sell high on him. I just don't know that he's going to survive a full 16-game schedule. I just don't. Yeah, he's uh, he's Monday night on the road in New Orleans, um, which, I don't know, is that a revenge game? I know. Is that a revenge game? Well, I mean, actually, actually no, it is. That is. It's totally a revenge that game. Is they traded him. They, they threw the towel in they, on him. They dumped him for Alvin Kamara Dude. and traded him to Arizona. That's totally a revenge that game is. this week. It is, yeah. So hopefully his status becomes clearer as the week goes on because if he's raring to go and playing against the Saints, he's going to be pissed. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's going to be still, pissed. He's like, what you, look what you guys traded away, man. Look I what just, you traded away. I still I still just, you know, the the what has been good for him is the fact that they are giving him a lot of touches. And I just yeah. don't know that it continues all year long. I just don't know that there's room in the offense for him to get 20 carries a game. Maybe there is. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm willing to kind of bet against that uh, this year. Yeah, and, and how about another dude who's long in the tooth for a running back, but Marshawn Lynch. Falling out. I mean, you know, I didn't love him coming into the season because of Doug Martin, 
Holy I, yeah. cow. I, I will admit, I've, been, I've wow. been wrong on him because he looked, because last year he didn't look like he had much left. It looked like he was just sort of, I won't say going through the motions, but it was like, yeah, he's back because it's the Raiders and he's back in his hometown. And, you know, that's why he's, he wants to come and, and play out the string with the Raiders before they leave for Vegas. Yep. It just didn't seem like, you know, like like he was kind of all in. But this year he looks all in and he looks like Marshawn Lynch. Like He looks like the Seattle beast mode that we saw dude, when they were going to Super he Bowl. He was trucking dudes. And Cleveland's got a good defense. They didn't show it yesterday. But did you remember that that one run that he had where they whistled it dead? Mm-hmm. He went which, down. Which he, which he got would have gotten loose and probably scored a touchdown. If I had Marshawn and I saw that, I'd be so pissed because, my goodness gracious, he wasn't down at all. I mean, this Marshawn Lynch. I mean, come on, dude. Like, so that was an awful whistle. Awful. Watching, watching him run, it's like I, I imagine trying to be a defender and tackling Marshawn Lynch, and it's sort of like you know, if if somebody were just standing in the middle of the street, wildly swinging their arms, just windmilling their arms around, and how you'd have <laughs> to kind of be sort of careful to try to get in there. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what tackling Marshawn Lynch is like. Yeah, I, I just envision like Akbar hitting Matt Money Smith. That's kind of what it would be like for Marshawn Lynch to hit you. But I mean, boom. But right now, boom. the way he's played. Head snap. I feel like he's he's like a second round. He'd be a second round pick right now. Imagine that. If uh, you know, if we were to draft, if this continues, if we were to draft over right now, Marshawn Lynch is a second round running back as far as I'm concerned. Wow. You know, I mean, I think he I think he has been that good so far this season. Um Wide receiver Brandon Cooks, and, and you know there were obviously expectations. He joins this offense in in Los Angeles with the Rams. And, and my concern with him, one was that there weren't going to be a lot of touchdowns, and so far he's scored just one. Um, I was worried that he would be more inconsistent. That you would have the, yeah, the I'm up right and there down with weeks. you. So far, it's been all up all the yeah, time, dude. and even without the touchdowns. He's he has done enough to be a legit, you know, almost a wide receiver one right now. He's given you fourteen plus in PPR every single week. He's given you over twenty twice, and and, and I, I'm on board with you. I thought he was more of like a two or a three than a one or a two because of Robert Woods and because of Cooper Cup. But this offense is so good, it's so good, so good that there's just that there's enough for all these guys to eat. And I didn't even mention Ty Curley, who's arguably the best running back in, in fantasy football. So it's it's been a, a surprise to me, but the Rams go into games and they just chuck it down your throat. They chuck it down your throat. They run Gurley uh, and they chuck it some more. And that's why Jared Goff's numbers have been so good. And that's why, I mean, Brandon Cooks, uh, we mentioned it. I mean, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup are all in the top 25 in PPR scoring, not among wide receivers, among everybody, among running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and the part of it is because of all those guys you mentioned, um, you can't you can't focus your energy defensively on one guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you if you spend all your time trying to slow down Brandon Cooks, then you know, as we saw, Cooper Cup goes wild or Robert Woods goes wild. I mean, you can't focus all your energy on Todd Gurley. And they haven't even gotten their tight ends involved. I mean, there was thought that maybe the yeah. tight ends start to get more involved this year. That hasn't even been the case, and they haven't they haven't missed them. You know, nobody nobody's uh, complaining that Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett aren't really getting involved in this offense because I mean they're they're just rolling right. And, and you look at the schedule too, and. At this point, they're matchup proof. Minnesota's defense is not as good as we thought it was going to be, but I mean, they got wrecked last week. You're at Seattle, 
And you mentioned it on the show, uh, on the TV side. I mean, the Legion of Broom is it's is over. No longer rest, pour some out at, at Denver. I mean, okay, the, you know, tougher matchup. You know, Denver's not as good as it used to be. At San Francisco, good matchup. Green Bay shootout potentially. New Orleans shootout potentially. Seahawks, ugh. Kansas City shootout potentially. At Detroit shootout potentially. Then you got the Bears in Week 14. That's probably the hardest and toughest match that they're going to face all season long. Then you've got Philadelphia the week after, but again. Home game. Eagles are not good defensively on the road. It's weird. Just look at the numbers. I'm telling you the truth. And then week 16 at Arizona. So you can be having a lot, a lot of those L.A. Rams leading a lot of people into their playoffs and through to the championship. What right now, and this is me, my galaxy brain projecting way down the road. Um, if you have Rams, if you have, you know, Gurley, Woods, Cup, uh, yeah. Cooks, Goff, you need the Saints you need you know somebody in the NFC North. If it's, if it's the the Bears, if it's the the Vikings to turn it around, you need somebody. You just need somebody else to keep pushing the Rams. Yes, yes. They're, they're gonna have they're gonna have this division locked up because there's nobody else in the NFC West that's going to challenge them. The, the Seahawks yep. are a mess. The Niners are a mess. Yep. The Cardinals are awful. They're gonna lock up this division by Halloween. The way this is going. Gosh. So then the only thing that that is keeping them really focused is chasing that that number one seed and and the home field advantage throughout the nfc playoffs that's going to kind of keep them motivated but even if they they get a lead there and and you know kind of wrap that up fairly early not that i don't think they're going to sit guys completely but you might see guys just playing a half you know you might see jared goff you know kind of kind of you know not not going all out i mean Look, they they rested all their guys in the preseason, so it's not like Sean yep. McVay is above just sitting guys, you know. Once once they have everything done, so you kind of need to cheer for somebody else in the NFC to keep pushing this race, just so that the Rams have to kind of play their guys and make sure they get wins each and every. Yeah, week. I remember there was a time years ago where, uh, I mean, it was like I think it was Peyton Manning was was the the typical uh, example, or Edron James was like the Colts would always win their division. They'd always sort of set themselves up for the playoffs early, and then you'd always have to sort of replace some of your best players. And there was a small movement in fantasy to move fantasy championships to Week 15 because then you kind of knew that you were going to get your guys, and it wasn't fair. Um, but yeah, that could potentially be an issue this year with uh, w- with the Rams. Hopefully not. I think the the NFL schedule makers have done a better job now where there's, you know, more important games toward toward the end of the schedule. Right. So that hasn't happened as often. But, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that was something that used to happen all the time. And if somebody don't catch up with the Rams or that offense doesn't slow down, that could be a, a potential issue right around the holidays. Uh, one last one, Emmanuel Sanders, who I, I loved Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, we, this we year. were all on him, dude. Um, but. You know, he was a he's a round eight guy. I mean, part of the reason I liked him was because I felt like I felt like even yeah, there would be an upgraded quarterback, obviously with Case Keenum, that he and Demarius Thomas generally, when that offense works well, their numbers have tended to be very similar to one another. And so my thought was, well, if I'm going to get similar production to Demarius Thomas, why not get I'll that? Wait, yeah, but wait yep. three or four rounds later. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has been lights out. He has he has exceeded he's even, even my rush for a touchdown. Yeah, he's exceeded my expectations. Obviously, we don't know what he's going to do on Monday night. We haven't seen that game yet. We, we would think he'll be pretty good. And then, right. and then you got the Jets, and they can't stop slot receivers. See D.D. Westbrook, right? Who I told you to start last week. He is a guy that, um, and boy, then then you got the Rams the following week. I'm just looking at the schedule here. You got Kansas City two weeks later. Ho, 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 ho. And 
we we kind of we kind of all like Sanders because what we of what we saw with Case last year with Adam Thielen like target slot a lot. Sanders run a lot of routes out of the slot, and it, it is is clearly um, it is clearly worked out for fantasy owners. Yeah, I mean, so he's been he's been fantastic. He had a round eight ADP uh, with, by the time we got to the regular season. I suspect that bumps up probably you know four four rounds or so. I mean, he's probably a guy you're looking at in the the fourth fifth round in a lot of drafts. So uh, he has returned more than expected value so far this season. Um, so now that we are through pretty much four weeks and we're looking at this, who in your mind has been maybe the biggest bust so far? I gotta give you just one. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, sure. You got a couple. I'm, I mean, I'm I, all ears. I mean, dude, there's a bunch. Uh, so, so Fournette so far, and I get it because stay healthy, I get it because man. it's the injuries. So I don't know if you can call someone a bust, but I mean, based on where you drafted them. So, right. I, I mean, McCoy, I mean, they're not even Ooh. giving him the football. I thought he, I thought he was gonna be bad. I didn't think he would be this. No, bad. we all were sort of like anti McCoy. We didn't like him this season based on age, based on offense. But they're not even trying to get it's him involved, bad, dude. It's bad. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook. I love him. Uh, injuries have really hurt him, and he was a guy a lot of people, including myself, thought were gonna really break out this season. I mean, he was he was sort of a, a back of the line mm-hmm. RB one, top end RB two. Hasn't done it so far this year. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's been banged up. He hasn't produced, and I don't know whether it's not the hamstring or the quarterback situation, but he hasn't been getting it done. And, and one that that a lot of people were on this guy in the preseason, and I actually saw him drafted as high as the fourth or fifth round, but Chris Hogan. Yeah, that one. Chris Hogan, I mean, there's a chance that Chris Hogan could end up being on the waiver wire at some point in the next two or three weeks, depending on what happens with Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman in his return. Yeah, that was one. And, and I liked I liked Chris Hogan. I also thought he had a short shelf life yes. fantasy-wise, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the, I, you know, when we said this in the summer, we certainly didn't know that the Patriots were going to trade for exactly. Josh Gordon, but we exactly. knew that Julian Edelman was going to come back, and that was going to d- deflect that. But Philip Dorsett, 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 PD... Has been, he has been he has been the better fantasy receiver so far this year in New England and and Chris Hogan has been 711 has has closed its doors yeah it has um that that has been bad. are those still out there by the way 711 yeah, there's, there's, there's one across the street from our office. Is there? Uh, I, I never been this <laughs> there's, place, man. There's because one literally across the street from the office. Back east, they're all Cumberland Farms. I have no idea. What it's that all is. yeah, see, it's all Cumberland Farms. So 711, I'm like, oh, okay, so. I don't get out of this building from like <laughs> August until December. Like, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's like literally across the street. Yeah, um, yeah I was just some of the other the the big. One. Would you call maybe maybe it's too far to call you know Odell Beckham a bust, but he's been a disappointment. Well, he's not so getting far. to the end zone, and uh, defense is clearly keying on him, and they have some other options too, especially with Saquon Barkley, but. I mean I, I mean, I talked about this in the preseason. Like, OBJ was going to see some touchdown regression. Like, he just was. The Giants had no running game at all last year. Nothing. I mean, they, they, it, was, it was, you know, uh, the, the Wayne Gallman they had last year and, 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 and Orleans Darkwa. I mean, it was, it was bad. I mean, it was bad. They, they just didn't have anybody. And Saquon Barkley is, is one of these guys, you know, he, he's – He's a talent that doesn't come out of uh, the collegiate level very often. And you know, he's right there with Ezekiel Elliott in terms of his skill set. He's very good. Maybe even a better pass catcher uh, than, than a lot of these running backs in the game right now. I mean, clearly a guy who is elite when it comes to PPR leagues. 
So I'm not surprised that the touchdown production has not been there. I'm not ready to call him a bust yet. I mean, the guy is, is still got uh, 331 yards in his first four games, 31 catches. But is this someone you're you're clearly worried about, like moving forward, like to the point where you're going to put him on your bench? I mean, I don't think so. I'm not going to put him on my bench. No. I will say though, what what does worry me? And look, this is my this is my general rant against efficiency, right? And I know that with analytics taking a, a, a big step forward and being a big part of what teams do, and look, I get it. Look, a lot of smart people have put a lot of work into this, and there have been results on the field. But it also changes the way you look at some of these players because now what is key for quarterbacks is completion percentage, right? And trying to complete as many passes as they can. I mean, Drew Brees is out here talking about 80% completions is a realistic option for him this year. And maybe it is. But a lot of that also means that you're throwing a lot of safer passes, a lot of shorter passes. And so now the uh, the goal is, especially for wide receivers, is yards after the catch have to be a big deal. It also changes the way defensive play, decent defenses play. They will play a lot more center field. They'll try to keep everything underneath. It's like I mean, you guys are baseball fans, right? It's like playing no doubles defense, right? You you back off, you play the corners, and you just try to make sure that you keep everything in front of you. And so now, sure, you get guys like Tyreek Hill, and I think OBJ has that ability to go out and and make plays and, and get, by, get by defenders after the catch. But, man, it gets a whole lot harder as opposed to, say, Julio Jones, who's making catches, you know, 20 yards down the field. I mean, I think I saw a tweet uh, earlier today. The Giants haven't even tried to target – Odell more than 20 yards down the field since week two they haven't they're not even trying to get him down the field and that is a little bit worrisome to me because now all of a sudden it does put a lot of pressure on the wide receiver to not only make the catch but suddenly turn that seven yard pass into a 20 30 yard gain sometimes you do it sometimes you don't the weeks you don't those hundred yard games end up being like 40 yard games and that's that that's the part that worries me so, I don't know. That's my own little rant. I, I also think that efficiency, while it is uh, useful and, uh, and you know great and wins games, just isn't fun to watch. I just think efficient football is sort of boring. But, you know, <laughs> I'm sure I'll get some you know analytics people like you know yelling at me in my mentions. Don't care. Efficient <laughs> football is boring to watch. Um, biggest surprises so far. I mean, I would put I would say Patrick Mahomes at the top of that list. Yeah. I mean, we we thought he could be okay. Um. I didn't think he would be the second coming of Dan Marino. Yeah, he's been ridiculous. I can't wait to watch him uh, play Denver. Uh, but, boy, I can't. you want to talk about games I can't wait to watch. Uh, Kansas City, Jacksonville. I mean, that's gonna great, be interesting. great defense, great offense. That's going to be fun. Andy Reid clearly saw something. I mean, he was like, hey, Alex Smith, <laughs> career season. Ship you off to Washington. Take care. And, and Mahomes is there. I mean, Jared Goff is there too. You got to think about him. I get it. You know, he showed flashes last season, but, but we no, didn't he was supposed this. to be this. Tyler Boyd has been awesome. What's he got? Three games now straight with twenty plus PPR points. And you know, AJ Green is not suffering at all. He's putting up numbers as well. And you've got to be so coming coming into drafts. And, and you know, if you disagree, disagree with me, let me know. I think we all thought DJ Moore was going to be the best rookie wide receiver. Yep. I, I, more for him. me, it was either it was either him or Michael Gallup it was kind of a toss up, but n- and neither one has been anything. But Ridley, this guy is scoring touchdowns like they are going out of style. I feel like we sort of underestimated him, and I remember watching him at Alabama, and you know, I think what happened is you saw at Alabama that you know, he he made plays, but there was also a lot of really bad quarterback play right at Alabama. I mean, you know, I know they ended up winning a championship and, and Tua Tagovailoa 
Uh, I probably butchered that. Sorry, Tua. Better than um, I could have done. You know, he, he came in late in the season and he came in in the championship game and got him a win. Jalen Hurts struggled trying to connect with him, and I think that sort of clouded my impression of him. But the dude's a technician, man. I mean, yeah. he, he kind of runs routes and gets open the way we saw with a young Odell Beckham. And, and the way that offense works, uh, especially around the, the goal line, he's just so valuable. All right, Marcus, I got a question for you. So okay. he's got Pittsburgh this week, great matchup. And, and then you've right. got Tampa Bay the following week, which we talked about, which is a great matchup. Yep. Say he just keeps going nuts. I mean, he's got six touchdowns right now, which leads all wide receivers in the, uh, in the NFL. Somebody after week six offers you OBJ for Calvin Ridley. See, this is why fantasy football is hard. Because in the preseason, this would have been the biggest no-brainer in the history of no-brainers, and now Marcus well, is thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, if you had come to me in August and said, I'll give you Calvin Ridley for Odell Beckham Jr., I would have, I would have dropped a lot of expletives and told you to leave me alone. But now, but uh, now, it, say he has, you know, three touchdowns in the next two weeks, which is very possible considering the, the competition that right. he's got going on. I'm, it's not out of the realm of possibility that someone would say, I'd rather have Calvin Ridley than OBJ, or is it? Uh, no, I mean, I'm sure somebody out there will make that move. I wouldn't. I And maybe they, maybe this is bias, right? Maybe this is just it's sample size bias. Yep. Having seen Beckham do this over a longer period of time means I still believe and I'm still going to hold out hope because I still think I think at his best. Odell's ceiling is way higher than Calvin Ridley's ceiling on a week to week basis. And so I think that alone makes me hesitant to make that move but you're right i mean you said it and i had to sigh and think about it yeah, for a you, second you gotta think about it because you know it it is it is a legitimate possibility of, of at least it's not it's not a completely ridiculous thing uh to think about so uh yes yeah, so those are those are our kind of draft do-overs i'm sure we'll probably do this again when we hit the midpoint of the season yeah because uh you know, we'll learn a whole lot more and some of these guys who are hot right now may have fallen off uh some of the guys who are cold right now may pick things up but uh it's always fun to kind of look back and, and see what we might do uh, differently. and how dumb we all were right <laughs> I mean, here's right? The, the one exactly. thing the one thing we always learn is that we really don't know anything we get to this point. We and it's funny because we all look at the stats. We all look at the same things. We all look at the same trends. Everybody's looking at the same stuff. So yeah, no doubt. Yep. Yep, no doubt. Uh, Away offers high-quality luggage that is designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel. Available in a variety of colors and four sizes, including carry-on sizes that are compliant with all major U.S. airlines. That is important. The Away suitcase is lightweight and made with premium German polycarbonate that's unrivaled in strength and impact resistance. Not to mention, it features a TSA-approved combination lock, four 360-degree spinner wheels, and a patent-pending compression system to help over packers, you know, in case you just just can't get everything into that suitcase. Better yet, both sizes of the carry-on are uh, able to charge anything that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge will power your iPhone five times. That is huge. I just got one of these things, and I'm actually trying to plan a trip somewhere. I'm just, like, making up places to go now so I can use this thing. It looks great. Uh, The lock seems like a game changer on this one, and uh, I just, you know, I I was at home last night just folding clothes and just throwing it in there just to see how stuff will work, because I think this is going to be kind of great. You can try out a way for 100 days, vibe with it, travel with it, Instagram it, do it for the gram. If at any point you decide it's not for you, 
Return it for a full refund. Shipping is free within the lower 48 states. And thanks to Away's lifetime warranty, if anything breaks, they'll fix it. So you've got nothing to lose. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash live and use the promo code live during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash live and promo code live for $20 off your Away suitcase. It is Monday, which means tomorrow is Tuesday when you should be getting your waiver. I mean, you can make your waiver claims now, but Tuesday night is usually when they run in most leagues. Wednesday morning, you wake up and see what sort of goodies you got under the fantasy tree. So, as always, uh, some of the names on the waiver wire. Last week was really heavy on wide receivers. This week, kind of a mixed bag. Um, Yep. Top of the list, though, the Ginger Ninja, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. You know, Look, I, sometimes you get good Andy, sometimes you get bad Andy, but right now this this looks like a good Andy season. He's playing well this year. I know, and people talked about this in the preseason that the Bengals offense had to move forward based on what it was last season, and last season it was bad mm-hmm. because they improved the offensive line. You know, John Ross was he was the guy that everyone thought was going to help improve this offense. It's actually been Tyler Boyd who's been tremendous, yep. even though Ross did find the end zone yesterday. But I mean, the Bengals again, perfect mix of. They've got good talent in the passing game, and their defense is not all that good. So Dalton's certainly worth a look off the waiver wire if he's still available. Right now, still uh, a free agent in about 85% of leagues on NFL.com, although sometimes our numbers are a little bit skewed. So, um, But he's not the only quarterback, right? I mean, we talked about Jameis Winston, who is a potential pickup off the waiver wire. Not for this week because you're not going to be able to use him because the Buccaneers have a bye. But I mentioned Blake Bortles, and Blake Bortles is a guy who's available in a lot of leagues right now, playing the Chiefs. And dare I say it, because I'm Russell Wilson killed me this week in one of my leagues, uh, actually in two of my leagues, and he's got the Rams coming up. And the Rams own him. They own him. Like, Russell's numbers against the Rams typically are awful. I think it's like five of his last seven, he's had 16 or fewer points. Awful. I'm going to pick up Blake Bortles and start him, if I can get him, over Russell Wilson this week. Wow. And I I am going to think twice about it. Like, you know what, Russell? See you, buddy. Wow. Chiefs, great matchup for Bortles. Potentially no Fournette again. I'm doing it. Wow. I'm doing it. I'm going to listen to my own advice. Okay. Which maybe I should do. Um, (laughs) Because other people are listening. But, dude, I mean, like, you could start anybody. Anybody with a good matchup, you could start them. Yeah. Mitchell okay. Trubisky had six touchdowns. Mitchell Trubisky's not that good. He's not that good. The Buccaneers defense is terrible. It's just terrible. Like, Mitch Trubisky might not have six touchdown passes in his next three games combined. But it's about the matchups. It's about the <laughs> like, matchups. I, I actually thought that Mitch Trubisky could be decent this week. I mean, I said he was a guy that, that was worth a look. I mean, I know we did the hot take takedown uh, last week on Fantasy Live. I, I said he'd be a, a top 10 quarterback. I mean, that was a hot take, right? That was a hot take that he'd yeah, be dude. a top 10. Because I thought, I thought even a good game for Trubisky, his ceiling was like 18, 19 points. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm sitting there on Sunday watching him just sling touchdown passes, and that was insane. I mean, that yeah. was crazy. That was beyond what I ever so I'm, I'm in a super flex league and I put in a claim for Trubisky and I got him uh, because I had Cam on a bye. And so this team, no one, you know what? No one cares about my fantasy football team. <laughs> Let's just say I put up 212 points that that one league alone, 212 points. And Trubisky was a big part of it. Um, a name on this list that, that I, I think is kind of a sneaky one. Uh, we were talking about rookie wide. I almost said Wookie. Uh, r- <laughs> rookie wide. Wait, I want to hear you say this guy's Wookie. name. Uh 
Well, I just like to say Kiki Kuti. He's Kuti. I just like to say Kiki Kuti. Um, now you sound like an Ewok now, right? I know. That was like a sand person or a Jawa or something like that. Um, so Kuti. Uh, who was a rookie receiver with the Houston Texans, uh, you know, because it's certainly we possible. It's, know. it's certainly possible that people don't know who this guy is. Um, it was a fourth-round pick on Sunday. 15 targets. I mean, this Crazy. was his season debut. 15 targets, 11 catches, 109 yards. Obviously, when you've got Nuke Hopkins and Will Fuller, that sort of volume is not going to be there for you every week. But what I think he fills is an important role working out of the slot in this offense. It's a thing that Deshaun Watson hasn't had. The thing that Deshaun Watson does is because the offensive line is bad, one, he's usually on the move, but he spends a lot of time holding on to the football. He takes a lot of time to throw the ball deep downfield, which is fun, especially when it's working. It gets yards, it gets in the end zone, that sort of thing. But in terms of moving this offense on a consistent basis, it's a lot of low percentage throws. Kuti working out of the slot can give them an option that's a little bit shorter downfield. It can those short routes, those intermediate routes. And when Deshaun Watson is under pressure, a guy that he can outlet the football to. So I think there's a definite role for him in this offense. And it's a passing game that has worked very well. I mean, Lamar Miller has been a non-factor, really, uh, most weeks in this offense. But they're still putting up yards. I mean, Watson has given you 300-plus yards pretty much every week this season. So now he's got another guy to kind of outlet to when things start to go sideways. And I think, you know, he's a guy that, especially in deeper leagues, is definitely worth a pickup and a stash if he's not already on a roster somewhere. But I just think that going forward, he's going to start to kind of work in. Again, you're not going to get 15 targets every week for this guy, but I do think he's got a, uh, he's got a, a possibility, an option to, to really be kind of productive. And think about it. Will Fuller, I mean, he's a lot of things. He ain't durable. <laughs> He's not. I mean, he, he, he ain't got, durable, uh, he man. Got nicked up a little bit on Sunday. So, yep. I mean, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, we, you talked about Naheem Hines a little bit. I mean, you were basically making a plea for the Colts to, to trade for Le'Veon Bell. But yeah. uh, in a in a backfield that has been hard to figure out, at least we have figured out that Naheem Hines is the pass-catching running back. That's he is. Point. And if you look at the numbers that he's put up as a pass-catcher, I mean, they've been very impressive. Now, we don't know what's going on with Marlon Mack. And uh, they do have a Thursday night game this week against the Patriots. So, but I think Hines needs to be owned in, in, in most leagues, especially in PPR leagues, because Jordan Wilkins ain't getting it done. Now, now the one thing that, that you got to look for, like Robert Turbin is going to be off of suspension now. Right. So I don't know if they're going to mix him in as well, and we don't know what's going on with Marlon Mack. But at this point, I mean, Naheem Hines has, like, one fewer point than David Johnson, and it's all about what he's doing as a pass catcher. Right now, he's got 22 catches, okay, which is tied for the fourth most in the league with Christian McCaffrey, who clearly had a bye week already, but James White, too. So he ain't going to give you any rushing yards, but he could potentially give you, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six catches uh, per week. And if you're hurting for a running back this week and Mac can't play and, and we don't know what's going on with Turbin, uh, Naheem Hines is someone to keep an eye on. Uh, Nick Chubb is a guy that a lot of people are going to go get after the big game. But three carries, though, right? Three carries. Three carries. So, <laughs> I mean, I, he averaged like 30-something yards a carry. It was like ridiculous. Right. Now, he, he had, had two long touchdowns. Yeah, dude. I was, I was sort of joking uh, with J.J. Zacharyson, our, our pal, friend of the show. Uh, he, he talked about it on Twitter, and I, I jokingly responded with, yeah, but you take away those two long touchdown runs. He just had one carry for one yard, so obviously <laughs> the guy's not any good. Um I, I'm torn because on the one hand, he looked obviously he looked great. He had the two long touchdown runs. But as you mentioned, just three carries. I think, he, I think those are the only three snaps he played were those three carries. 
the Browns seem to like Carlos Hyde, who's finding the end zone on a weekly basis, which yep. makes it hard for them to get him out of the lineup. I just feel like this is one that everybody's going to reach for, and you'll get him. And then, because, what, three carries has been his season high. He had three carries in week one. Uh, weeks two and three, he had two carries apiece. And then week four, he had three carries. Yeah, I'm not in on it. I just, that seems to make it hard to go get him unless unless they can give you more opportunity. This just feels like you're, you're reaching for something that may not be there. Yeah. Heck, he had a great game, two big runs, but volume's not there. Those kind of numbers are not sustainable based on the number of touches that he's getting. Right. It's just, it, yeah, I mean, it, it just not going to happen. One running back that I would target, though, and I don't know that he's out there. I'm looking, you know, I've looked on the NFL.com. I looked on a couple of other sites. He could be out there. Aaron Jones. Dude, he's so much better than than Ty Montgomery and, and Jamal. He's just so much better. Yeah, I mean... And we said it last season, too, and, and there's still... I get it. It's like the three-headed monster situation, but Aaron Rodgers did go to bat for him last week. We saw a video on the social where he said, hey, we got to get him the ball, and he's, he's, he's like Ryan Grant. And for those of you who haven't been playing fantasy football for a long time, Ryan Grant was a, a pretty good fantasy back for the Packers uh, years ago. Oh, not, the, not, the, not to be confused with the current Colts. Yes, exactly. Ryan. Right. Don't confuse the two. But... I mean, I would like heck, Jones look good, and I get it. The Bills' defense isn't any good against the run, but to me, I feel like at some point, you know, the, the talent's got to freaking rise, you know, and get more opportunities. And I know McCarthy likes to use Williams, and he likes to use Ty Montgomery as well. But I mean, Jones is the best back in that trio. Hopefully, Aaron Rodgers is you know whispering in McCarthy's ear and saying, "Hey." You know, I mean, Aaron Jones is pretty good. I guess. Maybe we like, need to get him more touches. And I know that, like, you know, what you're saying is what everybody's saying, that he, he is the more explosive back, the more productive back. He looks better. But, man, we, at this point, we've got about 14 games worth of sample size of these guys together. And regardless, it has been a committee. And I just think this is what Mike McCarthy is going to do. Um, and so, I don't know, may, maybe Aaron Rodgers has some pull in that in that respect. But I just think that this is the life we live now. And on top of it, Ty Montgomery is still getting sprinkled in there. Yeah, I know. You know? And so they do have Detroit this week, though. Their defense is awful against the run. Yeah. I Sleeper mean, alert! It is. It's awful against the run. Just the, the question is, you know, which one of those guys will get the money touches. Um, so I, I think Aaron Jones is worth a pickup. I just think that, you know, this is this is this is who we are. This is where we are. Kinda, I don't know. I kind of like him this week as a flex. So yeah. we will uh, we'll see some other names just to keep an eye on. Jameis Winston. Obviously, we talked about Cameron Brait, who I think gets some run because Jameis seems to like throwing to Cameron Brait. Um, who leads the Jaguars in targets right now? Who does the Westbrook? Uh, again, that whole that that wide receiver playing the Chiefs. That, that wide receiver. Giddy up. Good luck trying to figure that out. Uh, and Taylor Gabriel, don't chase the points on that one because they're he off. Had, he had the huge week, and you're right, they're off this week also. So that's a that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, Vance McDonald is another player that that we've talked about is a guy you could pick up if you need a tight end. Chris Conti doesn't want to hear that. So many of us do. I know, right? Um, he had a good tweet. On that last yeah. week, like he hopes someone gets trucked or whatever. So yeah, somebody does something else embarrassing. So right. we weren't talking about him. Nick Vanette also with Will Disley hurt. Uh, Nick Vanette could be one uh, again if you're. This is this is in. this is where we're at, really, Marcus. This is where we're Nick at. Vanette, Nick Vanette, we're we're at. Wow. Nick Vanette. Of course, you can uh, find all this information out and more on the NFL app. It's back this season, completely reimagined. Uh, you can now stream live games locally, get all primetime games right on your phone, along with the all new Game Center for breaking news, highlights, stats, and real time insights. 
insights from around the NFL or for your favorite team, be sure to download the NFL app. I have it. It's great. I uh, use it to, especially when I'm out and about and a game's going on that I can't necessarily sit down and watch. It uh, is great to kind of keep updated with, get highlights, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it is totally worth your while. Uh, before we get out of here, do we have any Monday moaning tweets? We do. Okay. And uh, you actually shared a couple on your own feed. Uh, pretty funny uh, in, a, in a sad way. But <laughs> let's do some uh, hashtag Monday morning tweets. Thanks to everyone who uh, sent those out. We have uh, at GD post, uh, uh, I started Fitz Tragic uh, over Luck. Why? Uh, we have at Tim Swinyard, I started Jordan Howard over Golden Tate. Seemed like a safer yeah. bet. I mean, it, you know, it didn't make, I mean, look, they're playing the Bucks and it's Jordan know, Howard. Like, it yeah. made sense. Yep. I, I understand that. Yep. It makes all the sense in the world why I would do this, but I started Drew Brees over Marcus Mariota. Of yeah, course. Yeah, that made sense, too. I, I mean, mean, you can't kick yourself for these decisions. That game was supposed to be a track meet, man. <laughs> it yeah. was not. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, it's funny, but you can't kick yourself for these decisions. What was that game? These are the decisions that smart fantasy people would make. I mean, that was a... But that, just, it that, doesn't turn out that way. That game was, what, like 9-7 at halftime or something like that? They had four... <laughs> the Saints had four trips to the uh, the red zone. The Giants stopped. They, they held them to three field goals and one touchdown. Who so, knew I mean, the hero of that game would be Will Lutz? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> um, in the same boat as your Monday morning, started Juju over Cup. Yeah, that was a. That's how I started. I said that I I, I picked the wrong USC receiver in one of my leagues. I I started Juju, and I left uh, Robert Woods on my bench. Mm, uh, again, man, it's like one of those things. Just, it, it everyone's doing that. Everyone's looking at the same numbers. It made sense. Stuff uh, happens. Two more good ones here. Uh, I started Dalvin Cook over Calvin Ridley in my flex oh, position. Oh, goodness gracious. Ugh. That one hurts. I actually started Cook in one of my leagues because I didn't have another player that I trusted enough to go over. I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'll get a touchdown out of him. I got And uh, at, at DJ Sean uh, 085, I started Fournette over James White. Ooh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I probably, yeah, I probably would have done that too, because you know, you figured, you figured Fournette was back, right? That means he's healthy, he was gonna play, but then he ends up leaving with a hamstring injury. So that, uh, that sucks. Uh, well. That'll do it for this show. Again, thanks to Sean Barber for stopping by. Uh, best of luck to him and his fantasy team. Best of luck to all of you out there and your fantasy teams. Hopefully the Monday night game treats you well, uh, gets you a win, however you need it to go down. Uh, so be sure to come back for the next edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. In the meantime, always remember, when nothing is going right, go left. We'll see you on Thursday. Come back, left bell. <laughs> <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.